Hey, hey. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I am Quincy Valentine, and welcome to the Valentine Experience. This is episode two. I feel so awesome. I feel liberated. I feel as though I'm floating on air. I want to thank you for the listeners that joined in for the first time today. And I want to thank you for the listeners that came back to see exactly what this podcast is going to represent. This podcast was made, was a brainchild of mine about a year ago. Now, I want to give you this whole dissertation, um, how I did yesterday or whenever I made the first episode, I dropped it yesterday. What, Whatever. Well, this episode right here is solely for you to connect and get to know who you're listening to. So, without further ado, let's get started. So, I want this episode to be a little different than the previous one. Um, Obviously, I want to give it more yin to the yang. uh, Due to the fact that the previous episode was a little bit more tense due to the fact that we are in a state of crisis as a nation. Me being in North Carolina... And seeing bigotry on a day-to-day basis, sometimes I want to kind of retreat away from that and kind of look towards the brighter side. And music has helped me with that. Movies. Oh, man. What I, if I tell you how big of a movie fucking buff I am. I have friends that are actually film critics and, you know, and watching movies have always been my thing. I've just picked up reading um, as of recently, but movies have always been my thing. I used to sit back and think about like all the people I wanted to be. Like first, I mean, obviously (laughs) I sit back and I look at different movies and I categorize them based on um, not just genre, but ethnicity. And like some of my favorite black films, like Which Way Is Up by Richard Pryor or Cooley High. And even though it didn't do that great at the box office, Last Dragon, um, Six Degrees of Separation with Will Smith, Will Smith's very first movie. But um, just those movies, I used to sit there and try to emulate the actions and how they moved and how they felt. One particular movie kind of stood out to me. As a child, when I was, damn, how was I 92? Shit. Anyway, so 92, what, six years old? If I'm doing my math correctly. Well, six years old, um, I was introduced to the movie Boomerang. Now, to much of my listeners, I would hope you've seen Boomerang, right? Robin Givens, David Allen Greer. Martin Lawrence, Tisha Campbell, and my man, my man, Eddie Murphy. And Eddie Murphy was just so suave and debonair, the way he talked, the way he moved, until he met his match, right? If you're familiar with the movie, Robin Givens' character, um, she was just blank. She was strategic in how she played things out made him feel like he was inferior. But everything about Marcus, I just wanted him to win, right? 
so most of my times, like, you know, I used to sit in the mirror. <laughs> my brothers probably can attest to this, but I used to sit in the mirror and, you know, the way he just like, he was just like, you know, hey, you know, only thinking of you. There's a specific scene where he's actually sitting in the office and he was sitting with the roses and he was like, only thinking of you. And I kind of took that to the heart when I started to talk to women as I got older. Um, <laughs> funny thing, like I was a womanizer, not proud of it. Uh, uh, I have my moments, you know, sometimes I'm like, Aisha Curry, I need attention. I definitely need attention. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy because like movies like uh, How to Be a Player and uh, <laughs> The Mac, Goldie, like, or even Dolomite with Rudy Ray Moore. Like, it was just different. Everything about it was just different. And like, I wanted to be that smooth, debonair character. And as I got older, like my mother, like when I would get in trouble at school, um, she used to make me read the thesaurus, right? She would make me find words in the thesaurus and read it out loud. Or there was one time in particular I got suspended when I was in seventh grade. And when I got home, she uh, she was like, shit, boy, since you don't want to do no motherfucking work at school, guess what? I'm going to make your ass uh, do this whole fucking textbook on the presidents. And as a young child, I didn't see the the significance in reading. And I'm going to harken back to that in a minute, the reason why I'm saying this. Because um, it ties into everything what I'm talking about and how I've gotten to the point that I am now. <laughs> I know I speak with such confidence, but <laughs> I really have a performance anxiety. Which is interesting because I danced for so many years. Uh, so it's crazy. Like when I used to step on the stage and perform, no longer perform now, obviously. But when I used to step on the stage and perform, everything would go black. And I could literally just feel the beat. And that was it. So these things... Like, I will harken back to, obviously, everything's going to tie back in, but I used to have real bad performance anxiety. I couldn't read in front of the classroom. Uh, there was a one particular time where it, it wasn't that I couldn't read it. It was like I felt everybody staring at me. And the last thing I wanted to do was mess up. So as I'm reading out the history book, there was a young kid, and he was heckling at me. And I didn't know what to do. Like, I was like, I was so embarrassed. I could feel like my chest sinking into my stomach. And everything went black. Kind of like what I said when I performed on stage. And then I came to and I was hitting the boy in the head with a textbook. I've since then, you know, learned how to handle my anger problems. But before I didn't know how to articulate that. And that goes back to the thesaurus. My mother was just always like, my mother was very hard ass. My mother, when my grandmother died, she told me, she said, people die every fucking day. Get over it. She's no longer in pain. So for me, just looking back on things and how my mother perceived things is kind of like the mantra that I've kind of gravitated towards as an adult. It's more, it's more logic and look at the most simplistic way to handle things 
than to go based off emotion. So I always look at things, I compartmentalize one of my favorite words. Oh my God, it's the best ever. But um, I compartmentalize and I go from most invasive to least invasive. And that's the only way I've learned how to manage things because I break it off. I break it off piece by piece by piece. And then slowly but surely I kind of break down exactly what the issue is. So I'm sorry, I'm having a little whiskey. But it's it's one of those things where I've always like look at the logistics. And as, and as an adult now, being in current situation I'm in, in previous situations, you know, it was always like, what's the logical way to go about it? How do we do this, Quincy? Okay. Well, this particular way is going to end this way, or this particular way is going to go about this way, and this particular way goes about this way. But then a piece of me goes back to that child, that inner child in me, where I was living vicariously through Marcus Grant and how smooth and debonair he is and how he would actually go about it. Never letting, no, Never let nobody see you sweat. That was like, that was like my thing, and till it wasn't my thing, right? Because with all of that pent up emotion and the subtleness and acting as if you cannot feel or choose not to feel, eventually those emotions are gonna flow over. And as I've gotten older. I find myself in emotional distress sometimes. Black men have never, ever, ever had a place to decompress and feel safe. And that's why I said I was going to tie it all back together. It's, it's so crazy. We, we're expected to be strong. We're expect, expected to, to lead. And... If we show any sign of weakness, if we attempt to talk to somebody about our emotions, we are soft. Like, it's crazy. Like, I can be like, I think about being an adult at the age of 20-something years old and talking to my bro like, yo, what's up, man? Like, I'm going through this shit. I'm going through this. I'm going through this, man. Like, I really need help. It's like, nigga, nigga, nigga go through, niggas go through that shit every day, boy. Like, just get over it. I'm thinking like, damn, like, I've really got nobody to decompress to. It's crazy. As I sit here and I look back and I think about the looting and rioting, what's going on. As much as I want to be like, I want to be PC, I, I definitely want to be so fucking politically correct. I'm like, no, don't burn this shit down. Like, man, 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 burn that motherfucker to the ground, man. And the reason why is like, why do you deserve peace when you have yet given us justice? Right? Why? Like, why do you deserve to sleep peacefully in your house 
and enjoy your family, when you've locked up dozens upon dozens of black and brown people, why do you deserve peace when you haven't given us justice? I say that again because you don't understand like what it's like to be black in America. Like <clears throat> I have anxiety. Like my anxiety is through the fucking roof. And you know why? Because every time I get in the fucking car, I'm scared that a motherfucker gonna pull up behind me. It's gonna be it for me. I've been pulled over by police officers and been extremely respectful, been extremely resourceful, and yet still found myself inside of a cell, right? Why do you deserve peace when you haven't given us justice, right? History has told us that any and everything worth having, right, and life that we have to work towards. But what happens when you've worked and your ancestors work and their ancestors worked for these overseers, these slave masters, right? And then they tell us, guess what? When we let you go, you're free to go. We're going to give you 40 acres and a mule and then they don't give you shit. Then we fast forward, Jim Crow laws, all these things in place, right? The Constitution still says that we're three-fifths of a human being, right? So, again, harking back to why do you deserve peace when you haven't given us justice? Trayvon hasn't gotten justice. Breonna Taylor hasn't gotten justice. George Floyd seems like and I'm not gonna, I, I don't want to, like, talk prematurely, but it's all about the little wins. And I would tell my, I would tell my ex all the time, you know, she would be like, well, you know, I want to do this and I want to do this. And I was like, just celebrating the little wins. It's a little win for us, right? Because there has been some type of accountability held to this point. And it's sad that we're okay with the fucking pieces. Why is it that this is the first time in my existence and watching that we have continued to thrive and push and push and push for them to change the laws in my time, right? But watching like these cops go to jail on second degree murder because of asphyxiation because it shows that you, he cut off his air supply and it's still not enough for me anyway. But there's people who are like, well, he's been charged, so that's a win for us. No, he's only been indicted. That doesn't mean he's guilty. Well, we know he's guilty, but in the eyes of the law, he's not guilty until he's proven guilty. Which is interesting because it's, it's it's introverted for us because it's like we're guilty and we're too proven innocent. It's crazy. So, why do they deserve peace, right? When they haven't given us justice.
I don't give a fuck about none of this shit. Like, I really, I just want my voice to be heard. I want, I want my words to reach the masses and give them a different insight on how we should go about things and how we should be the best versions of ourselves. That's the only thing, that's the, that's the only thing I want for us. I want us to move as a cohesive unit and I want us to be the best version of ourselves. And we need to stop looking past our brothers and sisters. We need to stop sharing these videos when we see homeless people going through whatever they're going through. They're not looking the best. We need to stop tearing each other down. That's like, I think that's, we're so desensitized. We're so used to people. We prejudge our own before anybody else can judge. And it shit is crazy to me. Like, I don't think you've, guys have even noticed it we make fun of our own or we're more harsh on our own than anybody is on our own and that's that willie lynch syndrome that y'all got man y'all make memes about people y'all make funny people's kids and i'm gonna chalk it up to it's learned behavior right it's something that was learned from your parents that your parents used to do so you don't know any better but you ain't got to stay like that you ain't got to continue to be that way. Just saying. See you guys in the next segment. So this segment right here is solely, solely, solely for the young ladies. I call this Valentine's Nest. This is where I give you a a uh, a look into how my mind is and how I view certain things the nest is where you go to rest your head and to embark on other things it is where you explore her body her crevices you roll your tongue from her toes to her labia. This is where you kiss her real slow and make her feel special. Make her feel like she's the only one. This is the nest where you slowly push her legs to her chest. Where you expose her gaping, wet crevice. You position yourself with your knees on the bed. You lay your body softly across her torso. At this point, she can feel you rising. Now she whispers in your ear and says, Hey, I want you. Without a moment's hesitation, you enter yourself into her. 
I guess I'll continue Valentine's Nest for the next episode. I do appreciate you guys listening. It's been great. It's been wonderful. This episode is entitled Whiskey Blues. Obviously, I entitled it that because I'm enjoying my whiskey. So, again, thank you. Au revoir. I appreciate you. Much love. Peace.